Welcome to the Social Fishing Podcast. My name is Reese Creed. I'm a passionate angler and I want to share as much as I can about the sport we all love. On this podcast, we speak to incredible anglers, sharing a wealth of priceless knowledge, all to help you reach your fishing dreams. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's begin. We are here with another episode of the podcast. My name's Reese. This is episode 40 and Talis and I are going to be sitting down and having a chat. I want to thank you for your support. If you've downloaded this episode and you're listening to this one and any others, I want to say a massive thank you for getting around the podcast and I do hope you are enjoying it. Now, this is episode 40, as I mentioned, and it is the listener questions episode. So, Talis and I are doing another listener questions episode. The last one we did was a huge hit massive success and we were trying to do this one a little bit sooner but we got around to it now and we have a stack of questions Um, so what we're going to be doing is answering those listener questions but before we get into that Talis and I are going to give you a recap of our winter chasing cod now I know we do a lot of content on cod and we are going to expand and try to do a lot more on trout and especially in spring do some more trout golden perch red fin stuff um, and even some bass content but we're going to give a recap of our winter into chasing cod because I know a lot of you guys love big cod and if you submitted a listener question over the last I reckon it was about two months make sure you tune in and listen to this episode I'm actually going to rattle off uh, all the names of the people's questions who we answered so if you are one of them um, you can also well basically listen ahead because your question is coming up but you can also jump onto our website and get show notes now you can actually get this for every single episode so if you didn't know about this before and if you wanted to listen to a specific part of an episode episode, you can go onto the website, find this podcast episode. So, you can just go to go to the website, hit podcasts, find this episode and there'll be show notes. So, if you are someone who asked a question and you just want to hear your question, you can see what time we talk about your question. So, you can skip straight to that time and listen to that part of the podcast. So, if you're time poor and you only want to listen to a, a small section of any of the episodes or if you want to see what we cover in the entire episode and you just want to listen to one part in particular, you can check out the show notes at socialfishing.com.au. So, basically, Talis and I start this episode talking about our recent few trips or our basically our winter chasing cod and how it went down, uh, the triumphs, uh, the, the struggles, where we missed fish, what we did wrong and the experiences and we cover a lot of cool stuff in that and we're always learning every single year, every single season. So, we're coming into chasing gold and perch now, we'll learn a whole heap but the big winter cod game is where we learn the most because it is a tough style of fishing so it really pushes you and tests your limits so we basically cover Talis did I and I both did trips to Burrenjuk uh, I did Blowering Talis went to Eildon I went to Wyangla so we've got a good variety of trips there now I do know that we talk about a lot of lakes south in Victoria, southern New South Wales, but we're going to branch out and we will try and cover as much area as you can, as we can. So, if you fish northern New South Wales, western New South Wales, we're going to try and be diverse and bring you content from everywhere as well as all different species. So, basically, we start off with that and then we jump into the listener questions. So, the questions we answer are one from Tyson Zuru and what I want to say is if I pronounce your name wrong here, I do apologize, don't take it to heart. I'm trying my best, but yeah, I may pronounce some names wrong here. So, Tyson sent in a message and a few other people whose messages come through was another Tyson, uh, Trav, 
Jack Logan. Now, Jack, I think we uh, call you Logan in this episode, so I do apologize for that. But uh, Jack Logan sends in a question. Matt Mildren, Dimitri Calories, Declan Stoffels, Hamish Lyons, Jason Stevens, and Trent Warren. They are all the people, and I want to thank you very much for sending in your listener questions, and we answer them in this episode. So, there's plenty of awesome questions, and Talis and I get onto different types of topics, and we talk about some cool things because of these questions. There's some really good content in this episode, plenty for you guys to learn from. Now, that's enough from me, guys. Let's jump into this episode with Talis Cottrell and answer your listener questions. We are back for another listener questions episode, guys. Tal, thanks for joining me, mate. It's been hey, some Reece, time. Yeah. It has been a while, hasn't it? it uh, we've been busy in our own lives, and uh, it's been a bit flat out lately. Yeah, about time we got sat down and got to do one. Yeah, yeah. I've been um, I've been doing quite a few guest interviews, uh, heaps yep. of guest interviews actually. And usually we tried to sit down once a month, but with the whole virus thing and things going on, and even now this is our second one in a row that we haven't had you with me. Normally we're yeah, true. in the same room, and which we can do yeah, now right. now that it's sort of slacking off a bit. But um, yeah, we've uh, over Skype this time, but uh, it has yeah. been a bit of time, and we've been fishing together been, still. Yeah. Um, we have been, yep, yep. Winter's been. What, tell me about your winter. What are you? Um, well, it's gone so quick as it always does. Like it feels like it's only just starting, but really, if you think about it, you know, we've only got one month left, and we're into September. Yeah. Uh, so it's gone super quick, and yeah, really lucky. You now you got a winter period. It's three months. Sounds like a lot, but it's only twelve weekends. Like it's it's not it's not a lot of time, and you know, if you miss a couple, you, you can be behind the ball and and um, not get many fish on the board. But mm. um, my my winter summarised. Uh, yeah, one fish has made up for it. If I hadn't got that fish, then I'd be uh, probably pretty down and probably tr- you know, tr- really trying trying to get a fish. But um, yeah, I'm so thankful I ended up getting a big one so about a month ago. For people who don't know, tell us the story because that's what we wanted to talk about on this podcast and we were trying to do – we tried to tee it up last week and the week yeah. before. So tell us about this yeah. this one fish. Yeah, um, so he, he went 113. But before that, oh, it's probably the hardest I've ever worked for a fish. I've done – what was it? Start of the season – you know, I think I've done five trips at Blairing. You know, the first two or three were sort of all right because it was sort of only just starting. Yeah. And it got to the fourth, fifth, sixth, and I was really struggling at Blairing. Like, I seen you land your good cod. Um, I, I got, like, one hit maybe, and I seen I had another couple mates who got another couple hits, but just couldn't work it out, like, really struggling. Yeah. And then, um, so me and a mate planned, I teed up a trip to go to Eildon for um, three nights. And um, so I just struggled at Blairing, and I thought, right, let's just go to a new dam restart, go to Ilden and see how we go. And uh, we fished hard as there for three, oh, you know, sort of two days, two and a half days. It was an unreal trip, but we only managed the one fish and I still didn't catch it. Yeah. Uh, JP mate caught it. And, it, it, it and, and again, that was only a 75 centimetre cod. So we went, yeah, three nights at Ilden for nothing. And then like that's, if you add up the blaring trips, plus that, you know, it, it just really wasn't sitting well with me. Um, so we got back and that was the weekend where you had a real good trip at Barrenjuk. Yep. It um, was, that's right, because you already yeah. planned to go to Eels, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I'm going to the Jack, and you're like, oh, I'd yeah. come with you, I'd come with you, yeah. but I'm doing this trip, so I'll do this, and then I was telling you that yeah. story, and you're like, I bet yeah. you were like, like man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. and then like, I was ringing you every morning, and I was like saying, yep, yeah, no, I didn't even get a hit, then you were saying, yep, yeah, got this one on surface, this one on plastic, and I'm just thinking, oh, God, I wish I was back home. Um, but as good as Eels was, like, it was still an awesome trip, and I'd love to go into more detail about that, but um, uh, yeah, we ended up come back from Eildon, had one night at home and uh, it was right, right on uh, a couple of days after the full moon, I think, because you, 
you went real well right on the full moon, didn't you? Yeah, and then you, you right. went you went two nights after, didn't you? Get home two, two nights after you. Yeah, I think. yeah. So it was it was like um, yeah, just after the full moon. I said, you know, stuff it. Reese has gone well. Sure, I can go up here and just get one fish, just to you know, just to satisfy me a little bit. <laughs> and um, got up there and ended up being an awesome night um, on the water. And Jake got a seventy four cod. Uh, in the first hour, yeah. and um, we we just got right in the zone, and just we were both determined. Especially we just fished together for like three days, so we, we just knew each other so well. And we were, um, and and Jake actually was only just starting to get into casting. Like it was only yep. his first proper trip at, at, was at Eildon casting, and, and he loved it. Like um, I actually got home from the trip and said, "Oh, I think we're going to Bonejuck," and he said, "Yeah, bloody hope I'm coming." Like he reckons he got home and and started watching heaps of YouTube videos, and I, I sort of. Like he's one of my being one of my good mates for ages, but didn't actually think he was going to get right into casting. Yeah, and um, he ended up being, yeah, got home and was keen as. I said, right, let's go, let's go, let's go and get it done. And we got up there and we just were both determined. And, and eventually, at um, oh, we only fished for yeah three or four hours, and uh, I think at nine thirty, yeah, got smashed on a swim bait by one thirteen. Yes, and you tell me because I remember you telling me on the phone what kind of bank you were working, kind of a sort of steeper rocky bank, but he come off a bit of timber, yep. didn't he? He did so. It was a straight bank um, with timber, and was, it, the moon come up at seven thirty. That's when Jake got his fish. Yeah. So, um, and actually, actually got another hit uh, just after that. Uh, after he got that fish, so that, that was um, a moon bite. We got yep. there, and then the moon was up, and it was real, real good. You know, we're just working the bank. It was like it was dead calm. We're working the bank perfectly, and then uh, what happened? We're working along, and then just in the moon, like I sort of could see a little bit of a stick. And I thought, dude, this is a good spot. And just done a real big cast right out. And um, he came off this big lay down that we laid the same with the torch. And um, it was yeah, very obvious where he was sitting. Like, it's the biggest log on this bank. And um, he came off the end. Like, so you ran the lure the like sure. past the end of it. You didn't cast to like yep. the bank where the log was. You ran it out deeper and above the log. Yeah, so I was probably in about three metres right, right on the end of it. We went back there the next day and had a look at it. And um, you could, it was yeah, very obvious where he was sitting. Yeah, um, and I was just using the slow sinking uh, bull shad, and just had a quarter ounce. So I was, you know, working it slow, like just a slow roll, mm-hmm. and um, just that big thud and loaded up. And I knew he was good, but um, and another thing, how fat he was. Yeah, it. oh god, he, he must have had something in him. I, I sort of had a bit of a feel, and it felt like there was something inside him. Um, yeah, he, he was the fattest fish I ever caught for sure. Fat fish, yeah, he, proper. He was, fish. he was heavy, proper, proper. That, that's like that's just good what I feeling, eh? Oh, it's good, especially when you when you've done the time. And what uh, I want to say yeah, is, awesome. do you remember back in twenty seventeen? I think it was twenty seventeen. Yeah, do you remember when back we, when like you that, caught yeah. a meter thirty six and a one hundred one in the one session? You're like, this doesn't feel <laughs> yeah. right. I don't deserve it. And I'm like, yeah, don't yeah. you worry, you'll do the hours down the track. And I bet yeah, now oh, you're definitely. like, I'm doing the hours for those fish now. I bet yeah, you. No, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Because yeah. at, at the time, I just felt like I was getting lucky, but now. Um, now I'm sort of in the other boat and yeah, I'm really struggling to find that big fish. But, um, you know, I'm happy. If I can get one or two a year, then, you know, that's that's my year done. And so, you know that, that fish. You know them better now than you did back then, but you caught more that's back right. then. That's right. But <laughs> oh, sometimes, is this, yeah. this is just what cod fishing is, eh? For those people who are out mm. there listening, it's... You can st- you, you still need to know what you're doing because obviously mm-hmm. you, when you were younger you were with us so you, you sort of were, were shown what to do yep, so so yep. you knew what you were doing right but even though you do know what you're doing right you still have to put in the effort you still have to line up the weather conditions you know it, it's it's exactly, not always yeah. easy and, and it changes year to year like yeah you know, I can't believe how much it's changed in the last three years like 
I wouldn't say it's changed for the for the good, but it's probably it's um I, I still can't pinpoint exactly why, but it's a lot tougher now than what it was three years ago. Like especially uh, in blaring in particular, like I, I was young and like I know I knew a bit off you, but I didn't know that much. And I used to go like I went up there and caught that ninety two on my first ever trip. The next trip caught the one twenty two. Like it was just something about I don't know if it was the year as I in think it, such yeah. a good such a good year for weather. Um, it was like a real wet year and the dam was rising well. Um, but now going to this year, like six trips in a row without only without a hit, like it's just something's changed. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's just the weather isn't; it's not getting cold enough, or even the the fish kills last summer could have something to do with it. Or, yeah, and then yeah, a mixture of quite... dirty water this year, and then Dirt, yeah, dirty fishing water. pressure as well. Like mm-hmm, the fish is mm-hmm. seeing plastics now, whereas back then they hadn't. So, spot I reckon that's the main reason. Pushes yeah. us again though to try and use different lures or try that's right, and yeah, really yeah. work them out. Makes it harder though yeah. because. Um, yeah, you can have bad times, but then you can have good sessions if the weather lines up. Like that bite period that we got a bone jack. I know we're talking about a different lake, but the one that I had with Mason was insane. Like we got seven yeah, that's fish, right. yeah. and it's the best I've ever had at bone jack or blaring or anywhere in terms of numbers. And then blaring yep. two weeks after, we got seven hits for a session that's at blaring. Right. I've never had yeah. seven hits in winter. That's and then right. We have this, you talked to? No, that's what I'm going to talk about now. Yeah, and, then, yeah, yeah. and then we had the same trip the weekend after. Did the exact same mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. and we got one hit between exactly, the four yeah. of us. So the seven hits was between four of us, not two of us. So there was a few of us fishing. And then That's the week right. after, you went as well, and Flano was in his boat. So between like eight of us, we got mm. like two hits, I think. Yeah, 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 we did. So it just goes to show that it can change. Yeah. Um, especially Maybe. in that dam. Yeah, one yeah. night they can be on, then the next um, they can be off. So. Yeah. And it also depends on the style of fishing you're doing and where you pick. Like they could be on at mm-hmm. one side of the dam. So sometimes it's just a big. It's not a luck game, but you, it's an educated guess, isn't it, really? Yes, it is, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's it it changes just week week to week. Like, you can go up you can go up and have a, have a good trip, and then the next week, you just it's a totally new game. Like, yeah, you, you just, it's hard to know where to start sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it can be, especially yeah. someone like Blaring. But, yeah, so yeah, for, the, for those, I haven't mentioned it, but, yeah, we did a trip, and we got seven hits between four of us, so I went up. And what I think really helped with leading to it was the research that I did uh, was it that trip? Yeah, I did a bit of research before the boys got there um, and tried to find uh, some schools and things right, like yeah. that. And we, it was Mason, Fletcher and Mitchie and I and we were in two boats and this was the week before yeah. you come up or the two weeks before. And Yeah, yeah. And, we, and we fished the Thursday. Oh, this is when you got the hits, right? Yeah, yeah you keep going. The hits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yep. we got the hits um, but we, we stepped, we had a plan. So the first plan was to fish slightly deeper because um, mm-hmm. I, I did get up there before the boys that day and did a bit of research um, and I fished a bay that I wanted to fish later that night and it was pretty dead. Um, I was on my own to start with, that's right, I was on my own and then I was on my own, I was fishing that six metre mark and nothing was really going on for an hour and then just before they got there, I heard carp starting to splash in the shallows. So I actually went over and cruised the bank. Do you remember me telling you this? I cruised the bank with a spotlight and basically spotlighted I basically spotlighted along this whole bank with a real bright torch and I spotted carp, 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 all sitting in the shallows. In Some of them could have been deeper. I couldn't see them, but in less than a meter of water, they were all sitting along this edge, sitting really still, um, splashing occasionally. I spooked them all. And they were decent carp, but there were some smaller ones. There was even a golden sitting in there real shallow. And I thought, this is where I want to be later on. Like These are 50, 60 centimeter carp. There's going to be big cod here. I'm coming back here later in a couple of hours. So I left that spot, went and fished another spot and we fished a little bit deeper and I dropped 
one to I dropped two fish on plastics before nine thirty, which I was That's devastated right. about. But one of them come off a rocky outcrop in a bay, so he was sitting on structure. Another one was sitting in a little gully, and I think that brought us up till eleven o'clock. Um, and I dropped two, and then we went to this other bay. So I like shine the light in there just after dark, probably six thirty. Um, and then by eleven o'clock, I was hoping that was long enough, and it would have been well and truly long enough um, since I'd been there. And we worked this bay, and we got. Four, one, two, three, 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 four. We got three. four. Yeah, yeah, it's three. Three, one, two. Because you got one next morning. Yeah, but we got seven all up. So four. We got four Let's hits. We got four. Yeah, we did. We got four hits on that bank in three hours, and we worked a fifty meter, maybe a bit longer section of bank, and we sat still for the first hour in the one spot, fanning our casts in this little gully bay on this flat bank because there was carp moving under the sounder, there was bait moving past us, there was big cod swimming past the sounder and we could see them coming yep. through and we sat there in fan cast and half an hour in to sitting in the exact same spot because it was glassed out, we just sat still. Mason and Fletcher were in the boat right beside us so four of us were fan casting in this one spot and I, I still... Uh, I'm actually over it now, but now I'm recalling okay. this memory, yeah. uh, and it's and it hurts a little bit. This thing, it was massive, like a full on hit, like a truck. Of and we always talk about how a lot of the damn fish they hit, and when you strike, the rods up around your head, and they swim at mm. you, and they don't really take mm-hmm. off that hard, and a lot of them just Definitely. give up. I've yep. I've hooked only a couple of fish that have grabbed it proper, but this one hit it swim bait middle of the water in a, two meters of water, hit it absolutely like a truck, took off tear and line off a fully locked drag on one of those swim bait reels not fully locked but yeah. pretty heavy and yeah. stripped stripped probably a meter and a half two meters line and then just fell <laughs> off and i was absolutely gutted and uh, then uh, it was only half an hour later mitch got a hit um and then within the next hour fletcher got two hits in like 20 minutes on this 50 meter section of bank that we sat on and drifted along it took us three hours to drift it like that is yeah. not yeah and and it's just and it's just an, one thing i want to talk to you guys about is it's okay sometimes and it's a good technique sometimes if you know there's bait, if you know there's fish, if you know it's a feeding ground, sit there and fan your cast because the fish are moving. So why do you need to move? You know, as long as you're not spooking right. them, making heaps of noise, you can sit yep. there and fan. It's, it's hard to get your head around. It's really hard to get your head around and you're like, oh, we're wasting our time and I only do it probably 10% of the time. Um, yep. I don't do it in spring and summer. I do it or oh, done it once in summer. Um, but I do definitely do it in winter, probably 20% of the time in winter um, yeah. and even more so if I know there's bait on that point. Like we did it at Burrinjuck in one spot for about 20 minutes. We sat on this point 30 minutes and worked it. But yeah, we yeah. lost seven fish. But like, can you imagine what it would have been like if we stuck them all? Like, oh, it would have been an all-time trip for sure, especially yeah, four of just one. Oh, that's unlike blaring figures for sure. Yeah, and yeah, like, three of well. them were probably... It could have been more that was just, massive, but there was at least yeah. two and or And the three. weather was really good that night, wasn't it? I remember. Yeah. I was like, drop. It was glassed yeah. out. And that's what I yeah. love. I love glassy conditions. Other people prefer different conditions. But I love the fact that you can sit still. There's no ripple on the boat. Because there's a difference. As soon as you get a little bit of a ripple, it slaps the boat, but it doesn't slap the bank and it causes a heap of noise. Mm-hmm. If there's a heap of wind and it's making wave action on the bank, then the fish can't really hear your boat. But when it's yep. glassed out, you can control the boat. You can see, like, you know what you're doing.
doing if you, even if you don't have moonlight yeah it's so easy to fish yeah definitely but yeah. You, 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 that's where you gain confidence when it's easy to fish you can um you know, you start getting in the zone, and then when you're making every cast, and you feel like you can see, you can see and feel what's going on around you. That's when it happens. It was insane. It was, yeah, yeah. that that was insane. You so you got a good fish. Um, this went, yeah, the winter for me too. We, we like we started. How could we? We knew it wasn't going to get any better than how it started. Eh? <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. The one twenty-four. So I've managed to land a meter twenty-four out of blaring with tail, um, yep. in the daylight. Um, we got it all on camera. It's in the membership. Uh, it was insane. Along with these Burrenjuk cod I caught, I caught, I had a cracker session. We got seven fish with Mesa at Burrenjuk up to a meter yep. two. Um, yep. There's a video. I've also went to Burrenjuk on my own and got two on surface up to 96. Mm-hmm. Got those two. Mm-hmm. That's all on camera in the membership. The one with uh, Mesa, we're still putting together, but it'll be another cracker of a video. So we're creating heaps of content while we're out there filming. But to me, that numbers wise, that's one of the best winters I've had. But then you talk to oh, other people. Yeah. Talk really to, good other people have struggled so it's not it's not a it's not like a whole season's tough or or good it's day-to-day changes and when you're there because you've, oh, yeah. you've struggled other people i've talked to have really struggled because of just the days or the spots they might be in the wrong mm. spot so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're definitely still chewing um and you've just got to get there at the right time and, and yeah time. it's all about it's all about picking that picking that right day because when they're on they can be and like, like the blaring session you had and the bone jack trip like you, that's two days you've picked when when the nights have just been perfect so yeah yeah and then the Wyangler trip that I just went on like, yeah that's right um, for those of like you don't know, we went to Wyangler filming the maps and putting together content for the SF maps for inside the membership. So uh, we've got maps on a whole heap of other lakes, Mawala, Blaring, Burrenjuk, and Wyangler was our next one off the rank, and we got some cracking footage up there. We even managed to put together um, some videos and wildlife filmed and mapped the whole lake and put all the key spots together and all the access points. Um, the fellow I was with, Jack Hocking, who... Um, he fishes my whaler all the time. He was on the live Q and A the other night. He fished while I droned. He got seven cod, um, and mm, he got a meter really seven good. as well. Like it was just all daytime cod too, which is that's, that's unreal, isn't it? Yeah, it's a different sort of fishing you were saying too, like dirty water fishing a bit shallower in the day. Yeah, it seemed, um, seemed different. Seemed very different to for those of you who fish blaring eeld and burrenjuk. Very different mm. place to that. The water mm. you could only see less than an inch, like it was proper dirty. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, it was proper dirty, but it allowed them to feed in the day and feed shallow. So, in in Wyangla, we right. got our fish between a meter and a half and like three meters. But we fished, we sat the boat in like four or five and worked timber close. It was really exciting. It was like fishing a river, like it's the yeah, active. Okay. It was like the active casting the structure, casting the rocks, and you know it wasn't just cast big long cast, wind it back deep. We were close to the structure, like we were doing yeah. shorter casts in against the timber yeah, um, cool. yeah it was good and the video of his 107 is one of the best bits of yeah, footage no, I've ever captured it's, it's real good you saw it didn't you yeah, yeah real yeah, good man he got and, excited and you said that you were so when you were casting that you were casting like and like you get the hit like nearly right on the bank so you'd be sitting in sort of a normal depth like five or six mm. but the casting to the bank and you, to the bank you sort of you're getting the um, the hits on the first couple of ones weren't you? well that big that one was the big, the big one, one was, was on yeah. the drop in like when we when we drove in yeah. there to land the fish it was like 0.9 of a meter or 0.8 of a meter where that the back of the boat out. was where the fish yeah. was sitting um, yeah. a couple of the others come in two meters like three meters yep. deep two meters down and then he, he yep. even caught one in 13 meters while I was fishing a point He'd, we, oh, were really? sitting, we were sitting on the point so he cast it out yeah. the back of the boat and let it sink to the bottom 
and then he started yep. hopping it up the rocky point. So he was just going to yeah. fish it all the way up. And like yeah. three hops up, he got jammed coming up this rocky point. And it was the second yeah. biggest fish. It was 78. Yeah. A lot of small yeah, fish too. Um, but then I right. talked to a lot of people who fish it regularly and we really lucked it. So we really lucked the weather. But that's the other mm. thing. The weather, I planned both of my Barrenjuk trips, the Blaring trip and this Wyanga trip all around the weather. The Wyanga trip was more so we could film everything without rain or anything coming through. But we had four yep. days of pristine weather and yep. and that correlates to good fishing in winter for cod obviously other times of the year Definitely. you want different kinds of weather but yeah that wyangler trip was unreal we wrote a report on where we caught our fish how we caught them all inside the membership so if you guys who don't know about the membership you can go check that out on the website yep. now tal let's um listen to question time eh yeah sounds good um, let's how many we got in. here 10 we've no, got we, a lot and We'll see if we can get through them all. So for everyone who sends them through, keep sending them through. Tal and I were meant to do this listener question episode a little bit ago, so I do apologize mm-hmm. if you had sent one through like just after the last episode and you've been waiting a while. But we do have 10 and I've got the, eld- the, the oldest ones first. So I'll, we'll go through them. And if we, haven't, if we don't get to yours in this episode, we're definitely going to do another listener question or another yeah, listener question yep. mix with us chatting in the next month. So yeah. we will cover yours then because we don't want to skip over these. We want to go into detail for you guys. You got the well, first one there, Tal. Can you see that? Yeah, do, yeah from yeah, Tyson. Yeah. Uh, Tyson. Tyson. Zuru. Tyson's Zuru. actually a member uh, of the Social Fishing membership. Loves it. So good support. Shout out, Tyson. Um, so your question, mate. Go for that, Tal. Uh, when chasing big cod in Tams, are the cod you generally catch marked with the sounder first and then work that area, or do you find the bait with structure and hope there will be a cod around that area? What do you reckon? Uh, I'll start with that. So, um, if yeah, I don't really rely on it too much, but if a cod goes through on my sounder, I'll always cast out the back. I, I've yet to catch a cod doing that, but I do know a lot of people that have. Um, like me and Reese are just both running the ranch, so we don't have no live scope or nothing like that. But, um, yeah, if a big cod ever goes through, I will ca- have a cast at it, you know, cast where the transducer is, hop it down on the bottom, um, to see, you know, have a couple casts that way to see if he's interested um but usually all your fish yeah, are caught you, out the you, front hey like you yeah don't know that they're there mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's right so it's sort of blind casting but um yeah you'd be the same do you always have a cast at the back if you see one roll through no I, uh, no i'm the opposite i'll do one occasionally but most of the time i don't bother like it throws me off the okay. game because okay, most of the yeah. time you're sort of working along and you cast out the back it takes too long for it to sink because of the, the drag um, mm-hmm. You can't control the lure. You don't know which direction the fish is going. Like it could be going, yeah, yeah, yeah. could be going past your boat to the front. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I yeah, generally, if you're sitting still, you don't know which way it's swimming. Um, that's true. Oh, so, yeah. So yeah, right. I, I. But a lot of people do. Like you said, a lot of people do. If I find structure, mm-hmm. if I find a big log that I know exactly mm-hmm. where the log is. I'll cast yeah. at a log or cast at a rocky yep, edge gotcha. because you yep. know that it's there and it's not moving. So if there's a fish, you hope he's sitting on that. But with the question, Tyson, also, it, it we I I probably in winter a little bit more, but most of the time I pick a bank, it's because I know it's got structure or I know it's going to hold bait on the night. I fish it for a bit. If the bait's not there, this is in winter time. In winter, you look for the bait. Other times of the year, try and look yes. for it, but not as much. Yes. But sometimes we'll pick a bank. Like some of those spots in Burrenjuk, we picked it because it was a good bank. Mixed in with there, there was some bait on the bank. Um, but there's always structure close by, hey? Like if even if it's a yeah, flat bank is. with bait, there's structure somewhere close by. Yep, definitely. Yep. So 
Yeah, I'll fish the area and if you don't feel like it's right, if you're not, if it doesn't have that, it's a funny A, I always say this, but if it doesn't feel like it's going to happen and you, you'll learn what the feel is like and tell you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking if, about. Yeah. If the feeling's not right, if you're not driving along it properly, if you're not working properly, if you're snagging too much, if there's no bait jumping if, and then you get that call it quits next bank. Um, yep. So that's usually what we do. At Wyangla, we fish the banks with structure because the lake's quite low and where the structure was, the cod were and the bait was. So it was all mixed together and they were all sitting in timber or rocky, bouldery yep. points or whatever. Um, yep. the, we fished a couple of open banks, but the, the bait was very scarce. So it, it depends. In wintertime, try and find your bait, but I usually pick a bank that I think it's going to be on. I start fishing it and then if it's working or if it's ha- going to happen, I stay. If I don't, yep. I move. Yep. If you yep. have time during the day, that's when you search around and you drive through a spot because if you drive over a spot trying to look for bait, you'll spook them. So do that in the day and then you can know or you know that going back to that bank that night, there might be bait there. That's how I sort yep. of do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, and it always gives you confidence if there's bait and cod rolling through. Um, like even if cod rolls through and I have a cast, well, if it rolls through, I don't you know, turn my boat around and start flicking that way at, no. towards the back. You know, But I usually just have a, have a cast out the back and say, oh, one just went through. Just have a... And, Usually, whoever I'm fishing with will do the same. Sort of one cast one way, one cast the other. Yeah. Because um, I've, I've heard a lot heaps of people doing that and catching them. I haven't yet myself, but I'm waiting. For, It'll happen one day. Waiting for the day. It'll, it'll happen for sure. Yeah. It's, mm. It doesn't hurt, you know. Exactly. Um, especially if nothing if nothing's been happening, you haven't seen any cod for a while, and one goes through, you know, why not have a cast in the back? And- yeah, exactly. Now, I just want to take a moment out of this episode with Talis and myself to talk to you guys a little bit about social fishing and other things that we create because many of you guys have only heard about this podcast. You may only know myself from this social fishing podcast, but social fishing, we've been around for about five years and basically we want to create content to help you guys catch more fish. Now, it started with our website and if you do want to learn about everything we create, the best option is to visit the website, which is socialfishing.com com.au and everything is available on that website. So we've got this podcast as you know by listening to it. We also have the website which we created quite a long time ago and it has hundreds of articles, free to read articles and blog posts all throughout the site on a range of different freshwater species, topics, techniques. There's also a stack of videos and those videos are also on our YouTube channel which is Social Fishing. So you can check out plenty of videos on our YouTube channel. Like I said, there's articles and there's blogs and there's plenty of videos. Then we have a thing called the Freshwater Mini-Series. Now, if you want to learn in-depth tactics to targeting freshwater fish like cod, golden perch and trout, I highly recommend the Freshwater Mini-Series. It's a totally free series and it's a four-part series over a couple of hours long and you can get it for free. All you have to do is sign up for a free account. So, basically, go to our website, socialfishing.com.au on the homepage, you will see a link to the Freshwater Mini Series. Follow the buttons there and you can create a free account. It only takes a couple of minutes or not even a couple of seconds really to create an account and you can get in and start watching the Freshwater Mini Series which has plenty of techniques. We talk about gear selection, lure selection, tips, some of the best techniques to use for targeting You know that species. Uh, for example, for cod, we talk about river scenarios and how to approach a log and how to cast a structure. We also talk about dam scenarios and there's fish caught throughout those series. So there's plenty of action as well. For example, in the trout one, we get onto some cracking trout along a river system and in the cod one, I managed to land a meter 22 cod out of a dam and we also get some nice fish 
on a river system. So that is the Freshwater mini-series. Now, if you're looking for more content, you want more on top of that Freshwater mini-series, you want to learn more, we have an in-depth tutorial series called The Complete Guide. You may have heard of it. We created it over the last four years and it is over 26 hours long of in-depth tutorial content. It's basically like going with a fishing guide but incredibly cheaper and also you have it for life and it has every technique and tactic for all different scenarios. So you're going to learn an incredible amount of content and we created it to help you guys catch fish. So that's the complete guide series. You can check that out on the social fishing website and there's plenty more information there. And last of all, one other thing, which is our big thing that we have been working on lately is the SF membership. If you listen to this podcast, you may have heard me talk about it. The social fishing membership has an incredible amount of content and that is where we are publishing most of the things we talk about today. So that's the social fishing membership and you can learn more about it obviously on the website. So I just wanted to touch on a few of those things guys for those of you who don't know a stack about what we do. That is a summary but you can learn more at socialfishing.com.au. Now let's get back into the episode with Talos. Next question is from another Tyson. Tyson spelt T-H-Y-S-O-N mate thanks for your question. Um, he says, I'm looking at getting into frogging for cod. Tried it a few times during the summer with limited success. Just wondering if you have any extra tips on utilizing the frogging technique. Now, I'm no expert in terms of first-hand experience on this. One person who is is Bailey um, in the SF team. Bailey Steed is a gun on this and it's because he puts the time in. Um, you haven't used it a whole heap either, Tal. Um, nah, not really. No, nah, because because the area we fish doesn't need doesn't. it. Um, yeah. whereas the areas that Bailey fish is insane, tight willows. So if you're bank walking creeks, willows, lily pads, all those kind of things, that's where frogging is really, really successful. And I think the biggest tip I could give you, based off what I've learned from others, and especially Bailey, is putting the lure as far into the structure as you can. So it yep. depends what your question is, Tyson, if you just want tips on trying to get the hit or tips on trying to stick the fish because they're two different things. Mm-hmm. Sticking mm-hmm. the fish would making sure you have the right kind of frog. Um, there's quite a few out there and we are lucky enough to have a huge range of lunker hunt frogs and the sprow frogs on the SF store. Um, and the only reason we've got them is because they're really hard to get for people. So we, we've tried to get them, we found them. So there's actually sprow frogs and lunker hunt frogs on the store. So go look at them. They, they work really well and I've used them Mitch actually got a hit on one once um, in the yeah. BG in some fast water and the fish just come chasing there. But the biggest tip is to make it work. Like they don't do a whole yeah, heap unless you flick the rod tip. It's active, eh? Yeah, yeah you, you got to. It's, it's not too hard to pick up though, I don't reckon. You sort of just got to give the flick and it's not too hard to make it look real. No. Um, it, it's good though. It's, I like using them because you can be creative and, you know, one cast you can you can make it go fast and you can slow it down and you can, you know, side to side. Um they're actually a fun little to fish, I reckon. They are. They are. Yeah, they are. But you know, I've never actually, don't think I've ever caught a cod on one, have you? No, I've, no. I haven't nah, fished them nah. in the right situations. Um, yeah, you're but, right. You know, in, in the bidgey, it's just not going to be Well, you may as well to. have two trebles. Like, if it's not overgrown, you need, like, you may as well just have the two trebles hanging underneath for your hookup, right? That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're super realistic. So, the, the key things for it are to put them in the hard spots, like, put them right into the back yep. of shadows twitch yep. them around and they work actually murray got a good hit on one or two hits when we went to nagambia only a couple months ago so we were fishing oh, yeah. the gambia we were fishing the lake and he was casting them over the lily pads and then just twitching yep, them through and i was yeah. using a paddler 
and I could do the same stuff but just cast the edge of the lily pads and he got yeah. the two hits and I didn't but I think it's because the frog was super gotcha. realistic and he just yeah. twitching it, twitching it, twitching it and it just walks side to side and then you just got to let the fish take it and then just slow lift to set the hook mm. and just hope that it just pins them. Um, yeah, it'd be hard. Like, I don't know if they've made them better than when I, the last ones I've used but they're, yeah, the hook up rate isn't great, I don't think. Like, no, even just look at, look, look at, nah, looking at the little where you can't. You can um, you can even tell it's not going to be great, but sometimes you've got to sacrifice. You know, if you're going to miss every second or third fish, you got to yeah. Sort of, um, Especially if you have fishing. Uh, that's timber. that's the that's the only lure you can get. You know, if it's right up in the back of weed and stuff, it's the only lure you can get in there. So mm. if um if you're missing, you know, you might get him next time. So could be good, and it is good fun. And summer's the go. Yeah, it so is you're fun. Right. Yeah, yeah, Tyson, you're right with summer, so yep. keep sticking to that in summer. Um, next question from Trav. I think uh, we, he wants us to have a quick chat on fluorocarbon versus braid. I don't know if I've talked to you about this, Tal, but I've talked about it quite a bit. And we do do our live Q&As, so we talk about a lot of stuff in those Q&As yep. as well. But fluoro yeah. versus braid to leader on hookup rates. Um, the reason he wants to know is because we and Jacko, for example, um, we are on the braid side of things. And then you got people like um, Thomas Pinter and then also a few other guys and um, Lubin as well who uses fluoro as well, uh, who use fluoro. And I know yeah. Lubin only uses fluoro on surface lures. The rest of his stuff he uses braid from what he talked to me about in the podcast not that long ago. I yeah. use braid completely. Um, question Tal, from what you've heard yeah. of fluoro, why have you not given it a crack and why do you prefer braid? Um, it's really hard for me to answer this because I haven't used fluoro before, like not even, even had a cast of Robbie fluoro on it. So, um, I don't know, I'm just pretty happy with how I, I like the feel through the braid and I mm. like feeling where my lure is. Um, you know, even, even this sounds a bit, it's not that important, but even just when I get the hit, I don't want to have no delay. I like it, the, you know, the bar, bar crunch and hit from yes. a guy. Um, like, it, it, it nearly, it doesn't wreck it, but you know, you might, you might get, get more fish or whatever, but you know. Just getting, you know, compared you, to getting you, a little tap, you mean? Yeah. Like, you, yeah. It, it, I've, what I've heard is, you know, you get a little tap and then you it's just on. Swing. Like, there's, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no big hit that you get afraid. So, um, it sort of takes out. But yeah, but like I said, I can't really compare because I haven't, haven't used it before. But yeah, um, but, 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 uh, looking at the results of other people that have tried it, it seems to be going pretty good for them. So. I think fluoro is a lot more forgiving, especially with casting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. the other big thing with fluoro, you're not going to bust off, but you never bust off with braid anyway unless you do something wrong. Um, yeah, right. And the fluoro, the the one thing, the big thing is the hookup rate, supposedly that when it hits, it's got a lot of stretch. So they're yeah, able which, to suck it down. But, yeah, which makes sense. But then, uh-huh. then, then for me, I feel like trying to set hooks mm-hmm. into such a hard mouth like yep. you really are going to have to have a big long rod. You're going to have to pick up the slack and you're almost going to have to hit yep. the fish like two or three strikes to get the hook yeah. in because That's I can right. imagine the hook would fall out a lot easier. But then again, if the fish can suck it down, it gets into softer tissue. Um, but I, 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 I might even do it. We might even do a video and test how much stretch is actually in it at a certain length. Yep. It might be a good, good idea. idea. We'll just stand there. Yep. And obviously, Braid's got no stretch and we'll just see how much fluoro does have with kind of a try and emulate the pressure of a cod hit which would be very hard but we can try and work it out because I'd be interested to see how much further it does actually go in because you've got to remember a fish doesn't That's always right. hit it from behind so when a fish hits it side on the stretch from fluoro is going to make no difference to braid side on because mm-hmm. the line's going mm-hmm. sideways it actually would be worse because it's got to drag the fluoro which is a lot thicker in diameter 
across yep. sideways through the water. So you got to think yep. about you got to think about that too, especially in the dark. They, they, I, I don't think many hit from behind in the dark at all, to be honest. No, no, don't know. So They'll hit side and head on for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's sure. an interesting one, but we'll go into more depth on that. We might even do a yeah. It'd be do, good to do a video or do a video um, and maybe yeah. We can't really say it. much when we haven't both tried it. So, mm, but um, um, we'll for, give it a go one day for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. I uh, really like the idea um, of it for surface because you know the fish always come from underneath and. Because when they down. hit surface, they you know they're pulling it, so I can see how it can be beneficial there. Yeah, yeah, sure. Next question, Tal. Right, the next question is from Jack Logan. Uh, what time of day in winter is the best time to fish rivers? Um, yeah, I don't really fish rivers too much in winter, but um, I've had in May once when we fished. Um, we had a real slow morning, and I'll, prob- I'll probably talk about this, yes. this trip before on, on yes. the podcast. And um, it was a terrible morning. What did we get? Two fish maybe before lunch. And there was four Two of us. Two or three fish. And, and there was four of us, yeah. Good like, water. Usually like proper in water. real good water. And it was all, and, you know it was a cold morning. It was probably one of the first cold mornings, um, or proper cold mornings for the year. Yeah. And um, str- struggled hard. And the sun came out about lunchtime. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that sun came out and the water started to warm up, bang, it was on. How and good was it? Probably <laughs> the best afternoon session um, yeah, it was awesome. I think, yeah, we, we got six in our boat just for the afternoon. I think you, you guys nearly matched us. Like, it was just one of them. And it was just obvious that the sun in, in the cold weather brought them on. We got 14 so, fish, I think. So it was six. 14 six, fish. I mean, and it was, it, was th- it was three before lunch. So, yeah. 14 fish in probably, you know, five hours. Not <laughs> even. No, because we pulled yeah, in because it, cause it, cause it was we winter. Did, we did. And yep. how quick, how hard were they chewing that afternoon on that last straight? Like, they were going. Oh, just. They were we, chewing. Uh, we're missing fish too. Like, it was just. Yeah. It was action and full. And Bailey like, missed that meter 20 yep. plus fish. Yep, yep, that yep, massive yep. cod. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, um yeah, for sure. And that, that was the bidgey. So, especially on the bidgey. Mm. But yep. I reckon even in winter, I don't think, like, even the daytime, like, early, early. Arvo can fish well. Like, I think once that yeah, sun sure. dips and that last half an hour, it seems to die. I remember even on that trip, it seemed to die right yes. at the end, but it was good yes, while the sun was still up. So, yep. Till sure. like four o'clock. And then after like between five and dark, it like it started at, I swear, it slowed down a little bit. But I reckon yep. it's the that middle of the day onwards, but you still want to mm. fish. And I feel like I've had more success in the, still in the shadows, like still tight to yes. the structure. Yeah. But you want a bit of sun around the structure, but yes, you still you want do. to pocket those shadows. I reckon. Yeah, I know you mean. I think fishing rivers any time in winter is going to be tough. So it's similar to fishing a dam, as in it's going to be tough. Um, it's like fishing a night. It's going to be tough the whole night. But you know, one night you might get it straight away, mm. like, and then the next night you might get you know two um, in the mo- in the morning sort of. Um, so it's sort of you know you can try and work out a pattern. But sometimes, you know, you'll get two in the morning, two in, like, in the next trip, you get two or three in yeah. the Arvo. Like, it's, it's, it's hard to pinpoint because winter fishing in general is just tough. So Winter should be a full um, day you, thing, mm, really. Wherever sure, you go, yeah. all day yep. or all night yep. or what. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's like the dams, there could be a bite period that comes through um, in the middle of the day um, for one trip and the next time it could be could be different. So Yeah, exactly. So, especially it's with such a short day. Yeah. Yes. True. Winter, I'd recommend fishing all day. Summer, on the yep. other hand, first morning, yep. like start of the morning for sure. Yeah. And then if you fish all day, if there is a bite period during the day, you, you probably you're going to bypass it. So, if as long as you cast them for the full day, you'd be sweet. 
Yeah. She'll, she'll get something something should happen. Yeah. Next question is from Matt Mildred. Now, Matt, interesting question. He said, in winter, we've seen big results in clear water dams like Blaring and Eildon. Do you think we use, if we used, do you think we could use similar big bait tactics in dirtier lakes like Hume during the colder months while cod season is still open? Interesting question and interesting that Matt has mentioned Hume. Now, just for an example from my recent trips, we went to Wyangla, Wyangla, dirty water. It, the tactics were exactly the same except for I would pref- I would lean more towards things that have a little bit more vibration than say something like a glide bait. Mm-hmm. Glide baits still work. Like one of the fellows who went up there, he caught one on a glide bait there. Like the fish are keyed in. They can really key in. So when I went to Wyangla, Jack used the mumbler and I used the swim bait and the mumbler far outfished the swim bait because it was dirtier water. So in those dirtier water impairments, the fish can still find the lures. Hey, you just got to definitely you just yeah. got to use yeah use louder lures, but still don't think that they won't find subtle lures. Like a swim bait is a subtle lure and they'll still find it. Like we caught one on a swim bait, but you just want to not use those super subtle ones or not make your retrieves that slow that they it's harder yep. for them to find it. So the, it's funny the question you've mentioned there, Matt, is dirtier lakes like Wyangala is a dirtier lake. Um, I'm sure there's a couple more out there. Pretty sure Copeton's got a bit of clarity. Um, but Hume, it's interesting you mentioned Hume because Hume, on the other hand, it's not known as a cod fishery mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. It's it's a trout, golden perch, redfin fishery. But there are some cod in there. But how many, I'm not too sure. And I don't know how many people actually fish Hume for cod. I know it's on the Murray River, so you think it would be one of the best. But they do stock it with cod, but not many compared to the others. Um, and I don't know whether it's one they want to keep it as a trout golden perch fishery um, yeah. or if it's just not right for cod. I, I don't know. Um, but Hume's one place that I'll do a bit of research into. But you'd agree, eh, with the, the, the big tactics Definitely. that we talk about for blaring and yield, no yeah. work in dirtier lakes. Yeah, for sure. And something you always say um, about um, cod feeding at night, like they must have such good senses and such good feel and be able to, you know, pinpoint a lure. They do it in the dark. They, they've got to be able to do it in dirty water. Um, yeah, it would be easier it, in dirty water it, than the dark. It, for sure, it'd be easier in dirty water. Yeah, definitely, because um, and they just the must have so good senses, and they just know where things are, and um, yeah, they're pretty smart. Yeah, for sure. So for hundred percent, hundred percent, if the water's dirty, they will find lures. Um, find the next lures. question is. Dimitri, mate, thanks for sending your question. Thanks for all the info you put in. Um, you've said a couple of awesome things there. And you basically question, uh, you've referenced episode 34 with Clint, episode 35 with myself um, about chasing cod. And your question is regarding catching cod in blaring. And what you asked here is, it says, I'm curious about um, what size outboard motor would be sufficient to chase big Murray cod in relation to blaring both winter and summer, but more so in winter, in order to be out there with a chance to catch a cod? I know the scope of the dam is rather large and I'm uncertain about what's the minimum size outboard would do the job to get around a dam and you've mentioned that you have a 15 horsepower on the back of a 3.5 meter boat. Tao. Yeah, right. So I've got a 20- You could do it out of a kayak. You could, yeah, that, that's it. And I would say the bigger the better, but uh, like I've got a 25 and that's just what I've got on my boat and it does the job. I'm, I am limited though. I can't put in at one end and plan and to fish the other, other end, um, which, and you're probably in the same boat. It's a bit silly if you've done that. But, but, you, but, you, but you why could would do you? That. 
That's yeah, right. But, yeah, but we never do. We no, did it once, and yeah, yeah, we yeah. did it once because we were trying to avoid the dirty water. But yeah, definitely, there's that much access along Blair, somewhere like Blair, yeah. other places maybe. But Blairing, you can put in at any point you want, yeah. and basically you just need enough juice to get across the other side if you want. Definitely, that's like, probably that's the farthest sometimes you have to go. Um, yeah, usually yeah, you pick, you have a plan before you're going to go in your head. So for this bike, you've got a um, 15 horsepower. Um, you know, you can you can fish this area. Just put in, put in right there, and, and start fishing. You can fish from right where you put in. Like um, exactly, it's a, a really and easy to to fish with all the access points. What did um, Clint used to have a car topper with just a little? Yeah, his motor was, 10 oh, it was tiny. Yeah, I can't even remember. It was a very small boat, like yeah, a three meter boat, and, um, and he still done the job and caught more fish than anyone else um, did that he just year. Just puts so. in where he wanted to fish. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So exactly. there's, there's so many good spots where you can just put in and, and start casting straight away. So uh, yeah, it's not, um, like, if, the bigger that you go, it would probably make it better um, to, to fish, you know, if you, yeah, if you do want to buzz, buzz across and it gives you a little bit more time, um, especially going from, like, a 15 to, like, a, a 70 or an 80, that'd be, that'd be a big bonus, but um, it's not but it's a not, very important aspect of it, no. No, it's not like you just to give up. Like, in terms of answering your question, Dimitri, still go out, still give it a crack. Oh, definitely, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's not... A necessity. It will help, no. like other things. that yep. will help, like side imaging will yep. help. But you'll still catch fish even without a sounder. Yep. A sounder will help. But if you can at least tell the depth, and you've got a boat that can get you on the water, that's that's, than that's all you so, need. That's like you can fish it. Yeah. Like you said, you can fish out a kayak. If you, as long as you're on the water, um, you're pretty sweet. And like, especially it, 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 other fresh, places, yes. I'd say different. Yes. Um, like Burrenjuck yeah, yeah, yeah Burrenjuck like it'll be a little yeah. bit harder or yield in the spots you can put in and fish Burrenjuck's pretty tough Burrenjuck. unless you want to put in up the river yeah. but yes. at the basin you're pretty limited with where you can get to yes, from the basin true. but Blaring yeah. and we've yeah, built easy. maps on Blaring too so we've got maps on all the different key areas that are close to all the access points mm-hmm. inside the SF maps yeah. um, which you can learn more about on the website so yeah to answer your question Dimitri still get out there and give it a crack in the boat you've got mate uh you got the next question there, Tal? Yep, I do. It's from Declan. Uh, I can't yep. pronounce his last name, but uh, thanks, Declan. Wondering if you could do an episode on skinny water fishing for Murray Cod. I personally don't have a boat and walk the London River or Goulburn for, for kilometres, the Lodden River or Goulburn yep. for kilometres in search for cod and any little any tips little... would be great. Yeah, so that's a good idea, Declan. Yep. We... I might even tee up with Chris or even yourself, Tao, because you've done plenty of walking along yep, rivers sure. and things like that. So we might put that down as an episode for the future and we'll do an in-depth, like I'll do a full episode on bank walking, bank walking. skinny that water. That would be a perfect yep. one. We might even do that one next. Why not? Yeah, there's yeah, plenty of plenty of good ideas there yep. and there's a lot we could talk about, a lot more yep. than just this quick question in this. So we'll definitely do an episode, mate. Yep. Declan, you good got, question. You got the next one. Um, Next Hamish. one, Hamish Lyons. Love the podcast, focusing, focusing on more challenging aspects of targeting those bigger fish, especially in dams, so much to unpack. But I'm relatively new to cod fishing. What would I be doing just to get some runs on the board? Do you guys, What do you guys do when you're chasing numbers of fish, not necessarily giants? Should I be fishing rivers or perhaps downsizing lures in dams? Tao, what do you reckon first off? and then I'll, um, That sort of depends on where in. he's based, but... Um, if you want to catch a fish in winter and you know, get numbers, oh, it all depends. Well, on even not it, winter, it's just fish okay. chasing in cod. General. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, New rivers would fishing. be the go if you can. If you've got a good river nearby that holds cod, if you want to go and 
just get fish on the board, river would be the go for sure. You're going to catch more fish yep. in a river okay. any, any day of the week. Um, but if you did want to fish a dam, there is some dams getting around where you can, you know, catch you know two or three in a day um, on, on a good spring or summer summer session. Um, but yeah, river would be the go-to if you want to get numbers. Yeah, yeah, I reckon rivers ten to rivers. ten to twenty in a day quite easily if you if you got a good section. Yeah, so rivers and creeks in probably mm-hmm. oh, early summer or like March, April, May period. Um, yep. March, April's a really Definitely. good time, depending yep. on the year. Some creeks just over all over summer. Some rivers all over yep. summer fish really well. Winter is not the time to get into cod fishing. Um, it's very <laughs> tough. Unless you're getting into chasing big winter cod, like big impoundment cod, then it's definitely the time. And don't be scared about the dams either. I'd be downsizing, definitely downsizing lures um, if you want to catch fish. So like the new, and that's something I wanted to mention as well, Ignite have released the new Fury, the 160 mil Fury, mm-hmm. uh, which is yep. smaller version on the 220 and much smaller, even though it's only 60 mil shorter, it's a lot smaller in size. Yeah. So, something like that cast in a dam at Rocky Banks in summer in the afternoons is just perfect. Yeah. And you get sure. all size you fish can, 40, 50, uh, 60 uh, centimeter cod. Even a yellows would hit that, or yep. um, you get all, all sizes on that, it'd be perfect to throw in. Yeah, when it starts to warm up a little bit, can't wait to do that. Yeah, even just chuck a little good. mumbler blade on the front, and that just if you want to fish it at night, a little mumbler with that tide on the back will be just perfect. Well, that's what I was going to say. Jack used that at um, Wyangla. He put that on the back of a one-ounce mumbler, and it was perfect size. Easy to cast, easy to fish. He fishes like that in Mawala in two meters of water, um, and we were fishing it down in deeper water in Wyangla when we were dropping it down a bit deeper. So, yeah, smaller lures is basically the go. And trolling is sure. probably another one if you want to get fish on the board um, if you just want to cast then cast but in an impoundment in the afternoons or the night trolling with say like yep. 80 to 100 mil lures is a good is a good technique as well yeah so hopefully that answers your question Hamish um, and hopefully you can get out there and crack some fish next question Tal uh, from Jason Stevens thank you g'day guys are Slim Beauty and Slim Beauty improved good knots for cod in heavy timber like Eildon so the slim beauty okay so the slim so we've actually put together a library of all the leader knots fixing knots joining knots every knot that we use it's actually we've built a library it's available inside the new membership that we just launched um and the members are absolutely loving it so they can go in and check out those knots whenever they want i also give my opinions on the line strength for those knots and what we use them for uh slim beauty is a good knot um easy to tie but I'd prefer, there's other knots I'd use. I don't use a Slim Beauty anymore. I used it when I was younger, when I started to learn. Um, and yep. I won't tie it anymore. It, it, it bounces through the guides a little bit. It's a bit rough okay. um, through the guides. And it's not as good as, say, the one I tie, which is the Bibini with the Fusion Twist. Even the FG is a lot better. And then also the one yep. you use and I've been using a little bit of lately, which is the Improved um, Albright Knot. Improved yep, Albright, not the Standard Albright. The Standard Albright sucks. Um, the improved Albright is really good. So yeah. cool. it probably yeah, takes about the same amount of time as the Slim Beauty. Yeah, okay. Yeah, what were you going to say? I, mean, I, I, can't, I can't comment on that. I've, I've only taught the, taught the one knot and I've used it my whole life. So not really, yeah, haven't, haven't even thought about changing to be honest. Yeah, so. no, that's fair enough, fair enough. So Jason, hopefully that answers your question. Um, and if you do want to have a look, just we've put together proper videos that show you how to tie them really easy to see and follow along. Um, and a full library of all those ones I mentioned plus more and we're always adding to that and it's inside the SF membership 
which also yep. gives you access to the maps and a whole heap of stuff that we've been talking about. So it's yep, highly worth going and checking out that membership. That's where we put up a lot of our content now. And that basically, and that helps us do this podcast, hey, Tal? We're just... Yeah, sure. Yeah, so it helps us create all sorts of different content through that membership. For sure. Uh, just going back to that question, have you... T- yep. So you've tied nearly every knot there is to tie? Wouldn't say every, but I've tied okay. 80%. Well, like, 80% all, yeah, right, yeah. So what's your... What's the um, quickest to do? Would it be that the improved, all bright one? The improved the all, all bright. bright. Yeah. So the all bright's quicker, but don't tie the all bright. Okay. Slim Beauty's okay. It's about right the same up. amount of time to tie, but the, you may okay. as well tie the all bright. It goes through the yep. guides better. The yep. improved all bright, sorry. Improved all bright. It's super mm-hmm. quick. That's the one you tie and you've never had yep. an issue with. Never. Way never. easier to tie over the FG. The FG, you can stuff yep. it up if you don't do it properly okay. and it yeah, takes okay. a while. Um. Yep. But it's it's real thin. The FG is good for micro guides, but I don't know why they put micro guides on rods. It really annoys me, yeah. and I've even yeah. got a rod that's got them, and I feel like I'm just going to take the guides off and put bigger ones on because they're pointless. Yeah. Um, to, if if you guys differ, if you have a differ, different belief to what I just said, then by all means, share it with us and let us know why you like micro guides. But I, I can't stand them because it reduces how many knots I can use and I can only use the FG. It takes a long time to cast. and If you don't nail it, it can pull through. Um, yep. That improved all bright is pretty well quick, easy. It's, you can't really um, stuff it up. Like, I don't know I've said this before in a podcast, but um, I've had times where I've had mates sitting on the back for 10, 15 Me. minutes trying to tie it. Yeah, trying to tie yeah, probably. Baron Jack, um, yeah, Jack? you know, trying to tie oh, an yeah. FG, and like a dead set takes me oh, thirty seconds to tie my leader knot, and you know, I get to the dam if I haven't tied it, bang, tie it, tie two or three in five minutes, start casting, and then I, I couldn't stand wasting time. Like I could be up the front casting fifteen minutes while whoever yep. I'm with sat at the back tying a knot. Like it's just a waste of time, um, especially when an FG over this all bright one, um, you know. Like I said, I've been using it my whole life and never had a problem. So I can't see why you wouldn't start using it, really. It's quick, yeah, exactly. easy, and does the same job. So to um, so anyone off. listening, if you're looking for a new knot, my word, take um, try that improved all right because it's yeah. a river. Yeah, and there's two different versions to it as well. So we cover both okay. of them in that, that I don't even know what my version's called. I'm pretty sure it's It's the improved all right. They're, they're <laughs> oh. both the improved all right. It's just to finish it, some people do a different bit at the end okay. where yeah, they yeah, loop yeah. it through. So I've covered both yeah, of them sweet. in that video and they both okay. work just as well. Um, no, it's just personal cool. preference. But I've covered them both in that tutorial video. Yeah. Um, yeah, and amazing. the other knot while you were there talking about it, which doesn't take me that long, it only takes me slightly longer then that improved all right to tie is the Bimini twist with the fusion knot, which I've grown up tying my whole life. So I love that knot. It's got 100% knot strength. It goes through the guides really well. I really love that knot. The only yep. problem is it's a tiny bit bulky for micro guides, which is why I lent to tying the um, the FG knot on my big swim bait oh, rod. Okay. But on all my native, like all my river stuff, sorry, all my yep. river casting on my shorter rods, I always tie the Bimini with the fusion it does take a little bit longer to tie, but because I've tied hundreds of them, I can mm-hmm. do it real quick. So yeah, sweet. yeah, way quicker than FG. If you yeah. don't, I don't know why you would tie an FG for river stuff or anything that doesn't have micro guides. Those two other knots, the Bimini and the Fusion, Definitely. and that improved yeah. all bright. It just it does the yeah. same thing. They're just mm-hmm. as strong, and they've got less chance of slipping because the FG, if you don't nail it, it slips, and it takes like right. five times quicker to tie, like you That's said. That's right, yeah. It seems to be the most popular knot, the FG. The FG? I, I yeah, I'm surprised. See. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I don't know, if the, the, everyone says it's a go-to. Like, it, it's nice and thin and it's a good finish, but um, 
a lot of people probably don't know about this improved Albright. And if you if you listen and then frustrated of um, how long the FG keeps taking, and you keep stuffing up. Just just try it, give it a go. Hmm. Uh, it, it won't hurt. You might you might like it and start using it. So yeah, hundred percent. I'm glad you touched on that before we moved on to the next question. That was yeah, no, that was good. Last question. Anyway, we have the last question yep. from Trent, and I will read this one out. Now, I know Trent sent me this on Instagram as well, and he was really keen to get my opinions, and, and we could probably go into depth for a bit on this, so we'll see how we go. But uh, Trent said, went for my first cod trip last weekend at Burrenjuk after listening to every episode in the podcast. Cheers, mate. Some episodes multiple times. But got my first cod measuring 70 centimeters. Just wanted to say thanks to you guys for the info. Um, he's got one question. So we got one cod. Now I want you to listen to this tale and see what you think. Um, yep. So we got one. I know you listened anyway, but we got one. There's <laughs> it, a bit of detail in this, so just, yeah, just right, process it as I read it. Right, so we got we got one cod for the whole weekend on Friday night. Probably the night we weren't expecting to get anything. Then no action for the rest of the weekend. But on Sunday morning we fished from 4 a.m. till midday. We were seeing trout rises. They were probably at Burrenjack, they could have been trout, but they were probably... Um, I think there are a few trout in there, but but they probably were a mixture of that and carp and possibly smaller bait. Even buffs on top water also sounding up lots of bait um, and huge fish as well, but we just could not get a bite. We threw chatterbaits, spinnerbaits, plastics, swim baits, surface, nothing, or couldn't even get a follow. We could see the fish were active as well. We heard you guys got a good few fish I think on the Thursday and Friday, plus our fish was on Friday. Then Saturday, which was the full moon, we got nothing. The days leading up to the full moon may have triggered the bite, do you think? Not sure what the barometer uh, was doing, if it was a variable. Don't know what I'm missing. Hopefully, you remember that trip, and I do remember that trip, that weekend, because you were at Byron Jack that weekend. Anyway, um, what do you think? So... It's it's a tough one, and you know how at the start, well, Tal, we talked about one night you could be at one end of the dam, it's going off, and at the other end it could be dead, or the next night you yeah, could catch yeah. nothing, and then this, and then that. So yep. I was there. That was the weekend when Mason and I got heaps. Uh, we got seven, yeah. and we. Do, do, got, do you know what? It's the same weekend. The, the Sunday he's talking about where they couldn't get a bite is when I got my one thirteen. So yes, it is too. <laughs> so so puts his theory. It could have been right, but you know, we, well, when were we there? Sunday night. So, you were. Saturday night, Sunday was tough. Don't know. Well, because Clint was there, right? Okay. Heaps of people were there. Colby was there yeah. as well. Yeah. Clint was there, and Clint Hansel, I interviewed him on episode 34, I think it was. Clint knows what he's doing. He was there the night after us. He got two fish, I think, and then struggled. And then on the Sunday, they got four. Sunday night. Yeah, or maybe the Sunday morning. The Saturday night, Sunday morning, they got four. But they struggled when we caught them. Colby okay. got Colby got there on the Friday night. Night after. So we got three fish and four fish. So we got three one night, four the next. So it was pretty consistent for us. The second night, we got four. Colby got eight fish for the night or seven oh, fish. All wow. the smaller stuff. And then I think he got one the next night. And then he had two donuts or a couple of donuts or a donut night. And then he got four at the end. But it's because he changed his tactic because he was catching smaller fish and he wanted to catch bigger ones. So he changed where he fished and what he was doing. 
And yeah. and it just goes to show that you could be on one bank that's producing fish. You could be doing one thing differently and it makes all the difference with cod fishing, eh? And Definitely. to yeah. answer your question, Trent, we are never going to know the answer. We are not going right. to know yeah. why. And it's probably not that the night sucked. It could have been, could come down to a lot of things. And a lot of things with big cod, I believe, is, is how you fish. I did a lot of research the week before because I was up there building the maps. So I drove around the entire lake and I found two or three absolutely pristine banks that had bait on them, perfect feeding grounds. And it took me all day to find one good bank and that's the one bank we pulled the fish off. So like I put in the research as well. Also on one of the banks, we worked swim baits high in the trees. Um, we worked them up high. Like first we fished with plastics on the, s- the same bank you got your 113 on. We fished plastics down the contour and it was some- nothing was happening. And Mason did catch a fish earlier in the night and it hit the lure on the drop up high. So then we changed the swim baits and I got two fish in 10 minutes fishing at two meters under the surface in eight meters of water through the standing trees. Yep. And then we moved to another bank. All the bait was on the bottom. So then I thought, nah, I'm changing to a plastic. And five casts on this bank with the plastic and bang, I got hit because the fish and the bait are on the bottom. So, in terms of why you struggled, it can sometimes come down to the bank you picked, could be how you fish, even comes down to like the the noise that you create in the boat, hey, Tal? Yeah, for sure. That's that's one thing you reckon you keyed on that weekend was being quiet and um, even when we went up um, and fished, when I got my metery, we were, we were the same, really quiet. You did the same because, thing? Yeah, because it's so still and the moon was up, you know, you just sort of got to be stealthy. Well, um, I told you, didn't I? I said it was the first yeah. time for the whole trip. Mason and I did not talk at night. We yep. whispered, super quiet. Yep. We whispered, we stepped. I put a towel on the boat where we step off the deck down to the bottom so it didn't yep. bang and we yep. did not talk that much that even the next morning I was filming some videos and I was whispering in them and I've got them at home. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Why am I so quiet in these videos? Yeah. Because in my head, I told myself to be quiet and for two yep. whole nights, we did not talk at all. We didn't make a yep. noise. Yep. for that reason so we just did everything right we were in the zone the whole night we fished hard too we fished late mm-hmm. um, and we're like one night we caught three fish three fish is a lot but it's only three casts we could have put those three casts That's in different spots right. and caught nothing yeah. Yeah. So, it's a lot of the time it's about putting in the cast, but it's also understanding the lake and that's why we've built these SF maps because it has details on a lot of these key spots that we found and as well as techniques for each different lake um, and and I, and I know, Trent, it, it didn't work, but I have those same mornings, don't we, Tal? We have the same mm, mornings. Right. You had that's a trip right. to the, the two or three weeks ago and you were like, it felt good, everything was good yep. and just uh, didn't uh, happen. Yep. So, I oh, can't uh, count how many times that's happened. You, you wake up and you just think, it's going to happen here, going to happen, doesn't happen. Like, Yeah. Especially when there's so much carpet. Sometimes it just, yeah, just, it can feel so work. good. But even, because um, you got all them, fish mainly at night didn't you didn't you fish the, the two mornings as well and then not a touch awesome and, and not a touch there you not go. a touch in the mornings yeah. not a touch i got one on so, surface before first light and then that was it well, there you yeah. go so that that might have been the case for a lot of other people too that weekend they might have spent might have been a good sort of arvo um bite they might have something to do with the full moon they might have just like that afternoon which seemed to be when a lot of the fish were being caught it was sort of that you know 30 hours after the sun went down yep um so maybe there was a lot of people the up there too um, yeah. and we talked to a lot who struggled too. We talked yeah, to definitely. quite a few. Yeah, yeah. We got back to the yeah. ramp and we got back to the ramp and one of the boys that was in another boat talking to Clint, he caught one 
for the night and we come back and we're like seven and he's like seven like what the hell and I'm pretty sure he ended up getting a metery two nights later um, there you go. Yeah. so just putting in the time but it's knowing what to do um, it's, it's experience learning from like the stuff we create in the complete guide all the videos that teach you what to do and doing things correctly on certain banks techniques and also time it's, it's time that weekend was a cracker so the whole weekend yes, was, was good um, yeah. and it could have just been it was a trend. long weekend too wasn't it I think there's people everywhere. It was, it was a long weekend. Yeah, I think that's yeah. why. There's people everywhere. But yeah. Yeah. You, you sounded like, Trent, that you found the right bait, mate. You, you found the fish rising, hitting stuff. Um, it sounds like you, you had it right. And, you says, and you've said you've thrown every lure at them. Sometimes it's not about using no. every lure. Sometimes it's about all. working out what part of the water the bait's in, using the lure that suits that bank correctly and fishing it hard and proper. Um because I got one on surface two weeks earlier and they it's because we fished a shallow point, surface was key. You know, what were you going to say, Tao? Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I'm, I'm against changing lures if it's if it's tough. Um, yeah. Well, sometimes if you start fishing, I'll change lures like, <laughs> I'll put a lure on, have two or three casts of it, then take it off straight away because like, I don't feel confident. But if I've got a lure on that I feel confident, will not change. Even if I'm not getting the bites, if, if, if it feels right, then I'll just keep using it. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I'm not a fan of, you know, going, oh, use a lure for an hour. No, nah, let's change. And then I reckon changing decreases your chances because um, you've you got to relearn how to use it. Like, you just, you've thrown a plastic for an hour. You're starting to just, you know, you just starting to get keyed into it. Then you go to swim bait and then you've got to restart and try and, Try and um, remember how to use that sort of thing. So yeah, and people will go, um, "What yeah. are you talking about? How do you forget?" But it's not that you forget; it's that it, 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 that that night, the depth, where you're working, yes. your outfit. Yep. You, you know, then you then you'll get snagged because it sinks slower, and then you know what I mean. You get you'll get snagged, yep. and, and then exactly. you lose you lose more cast. So if if you're tying a lure and it feels getting a fish on the board will, yeah, sometimes it's tough. If you haven't if you've gone a couple of days without a fish you know, maybe change it up. But if you get a fish on a lure, then your confidence goes through the roof and then you just keep chucking that and then that's when the results will come. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the boys said they got that first fish that was 70 centimetres on the first night. Um, yeah. Then from that, you, you obviously, and I guess, Trent, you would have used the same technique. You would have fished the same area. Um, and yes. sometimes it can throw you off your game if you get a fish that's not what they're actually doing. But we found true, the fish yeah. sitting high in the trees. Then we found them deeper on a different bank. So each bank, they feed differently. And then other boys in other parts of the lake fish totally different. Like I have no idea how Colby and Clint were fishing. And no. I have no idea. They were probably, they could be fishing flat banks. They could land there. Yeah, and, and it's just, it's hard. And then, and then next week's different. Next week's That's totally right. different. So right. there's a lot we can learn and, and we do try to, it's hard to explain it now in one question, but every lake's different and that's why, that's, that's the, that question is why we've built the membership. 100% why. We've got people writing reports. We've got maps on the lakes. We've got key things on each lake. We've got different videos for each lake. We've got all the spots on the maps and then we've also got different tips on fishing techniques so that you can try and absorb as much as you can to help you out in the water. Um, Trent, I'm really sorry if that's not the answer you wanted. Um, but I think that's 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 the best way to cover it, hey, Tal? Like it's, yeah, for sure. The weekend, the weather was not bad. I'll put it that way. The weekend was good. Um, yes. So, it could it have come down to a whole heap of other things. Just even think about what I just said about talking. If you were talking normal voice, could have been the difference because it was that quiet. And, and sometimes it's only got to be that, that one fish you miss out on and that uh, could have made the trip. Like, Mm. Um, you know, you might not, you, you might have been talking loud for this, you know, for ten minutes, 
and they could have been the ten minutes. Today. So some, sometimes, heat. yeah, exactly right. So sometimes you just gotta try and do all them little little things to, um, yeah, to, to hopefully when you get the chance, it all comes together. Yeah, exactly. Crack of episode, Tal. Actually, yeah, that, that was good. That come together well, really. Yeah, well, really well. Yeah, that's sweet. I didn't think we we're gonna get through ten, but they all come off the yeah. top pretty good. So. Um, hopefully to all the people that put questions in we answered them correctly and yep. if we didn't then just send us another message and we'll we'll try and fix it up but um, yep. yeah some sometimes the questions are a bit hard to, to pinpoint and they're a bit broad so you sort of gotta um yeah try and we've done the best we can so hopefully um, a few people not just the um question um yep. askers but everyone else got a bit out of that so. got a bit out of it yeah and i really yeah. enjoy these because we kind of don't have a plan for the, the the what we talk about and we go off on random no. things based on the questions and we cover yeah, some yeah, good yeah. stuff there it brings back memories yeah. and definitely yeah. yeah that was good so that was good so we're, yeah we're talking about one thing and then straight away we're we're on to a different topic so we, we when we do these sort of um episodes we cover a lot of a lot of content i think yeah, and the last one was really good and we had some awesome feedback on the last one. So let us know if you enjoyed yep. this one um, and if you enjoyed the stuff we talked about and hopefully the next one, guys, keep sending through your listener questions. If you've never done one before, all you have to do is go to socialfishing.com.au, create a free account, you get access to the Freshwater Mini Series and inside your free account, you can submit a listener question. It comes straight through to me and I see them all. So just do it. Just send us a heap of questions. Don't send them through on social media and things like that because we won't get them. They won't go yep. in. Do it there. Send it to us so that we can have a bunch of questions ready for the next episode. We'll try and do another listener question episode in four to five weeks. Um, they won't be as far apart yep. this time, hopefully. No, um, but we had, yeah, that was good. No, thanks heaps for that, Tal. No, no, all good. Uh, so we mean you were going to Blaring on Friday nights, which yes. will be good. So, so actually, um, we will be going before this goes to air. So this will go to air Monday, Tuesday next week. So oh, okay. hopefully, <laughs> hopefully after we end this episode, I will do an ending for it and hopefully yes. I can tell everyone about the massive net fish that you netted for me. <laughs> oh, you netted for me. So, we're both due for one, I think. So, um, yeah. yeah, it'd be good. I've been up there for a while, so looking forward yeah. to it be good yeah. and we'll, yeah, have, good. we'll have a report up inside the membership for those of you who are members I will have a report up from that trip and how it's going yeah. good yeah. stuff alright all right, guys no thanks heaps Tal thanks mate yep. appreciate it thanks everyone too easy now that brings us to the end of this episode and I bet the big question you guys are all wondering is how did our session go at blaring over the weekend uh, for those of you who follow us on social media you may already know you may have already seen it but uh, I am excited and, and very happy to say but also slightly disappointed to say that I netted Talos as meter fish but it, yeah, it was it was a great trip and Talos like we, we were talking about it and now talking about it after the podcast you would have heard us just talk about we're heading up there both saying we're, we're keen and fingers crossed we can get one and Talos managed to land a monster of a fish measuring 119 centimeters long so I want to congratulate Talos on a cracker of fish and yes I did net his meter fish so I was wrong and he was right but I'm glad one of us was right because most of the time when you're up chasing those big cod you come back fishless or maybe miss a fish but yeah we we got onto one and it wasn't without hard work as talus and i talked about through the episode we talked about how tough the winner's been um, how many trips talus did for that big 113 that he caught and then the amount of trips he's done to blaring 
to finally stick that fish. Now, it's his first hit from blaring this winter. I myself have had quite a few hits, but just seemed to drop them. I actually also got a fish that night as well. I got a 70 centimeter right on dark, only about 30 casts into the session, which was a great way to start the trip. I got my fish on the Ignite Cod Fury, 220 mil, fishing a sort of steeper bank. And Talos got his fishing very, very shallow. The fish hit it in about two meters of water with a um, jackal gania. He was just working that swim bait out. Um, and at that stage, I think I started casting surface because it was a heap of bait and it was looking really good. But uh, we have a full report on that catch and our trip to Blaring inside the membership, as I mentioned. That is up now for all members, basically where we fished, what banks we fished, what techniques we used, how deep we worked and, and what we worked out from the night. And also a bit of a prediction if you happen to be heading up there in the next couple of weeks so that is inside the membership and also the other reports are up now for the snowy mountains mawala Burrenjuk, Eildon is coming and also Nagambi will be up soon. Obviously, with Victorians, uh, the whole COVID stuff going on now can make it a little bit hard for many of them to fish, especially people in Melbourne. Uh, at the point, at the time of this going up, regional Victoria can still fish, but that could change in the hour every day who knows so at this stage they can still fish and our reports will continue to be loaded up into the membership also that fish that talus caught and the 70 centimeter that i caught at our trip um, at Blair, we got it all on camera. We did a bit of night recording, and the moment is captured on camera. It's going to be a cracker of a video, and it'll go up in the next couple of weeks inside the membership. And we also have our trip that we just did to Burrenjuk a couple of weeks back. Uh, the video for it will be up in the next couple of days inside the membership. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, it was a great way to finish it off talking about this this monster cod that Talos caught. But yeah, we answered all those questions. I really enjoyed it. We covered a lot of stuff. And one thing that really sticks with me from that episode is just the part where we talked about the knots. It's something I've never thought of to talk about, but it's a real critical part of fishing. So I'm glad Talos asked me those questions and we talked a little bit about what are the quickest knots to tie and what other alternatives are out there. Because like he said, the FG is known as one of the most popular, but we both don't know quite why because, well, it is a really good knot, but it has got room for error and it does take the longest. So, maybe consider having a look at those other knots and trying to mix them up and maybe see what works best for your setup if you've never tried them before. But anyway, guys, thank you very much for sending in your listener questions. As I mentioned, uh, there's the Freshwater Mini Series, but when you do create a free account on the Social Fishing website, that is where you have the opportunity to submit your listener questions. So, do it there. As I mentioned, don't through, do it through social media because they won't go into the area where I go through all the listener questions ready for an episode so they will go if you put in a listener question um, you won't get a response from us but I get every single one so a few people through the listener questions ask can we interview specific people on future episodes of the podcast I have got them so don't worry I get every single one of them and I consider them and put them basically try to get those people that you request onto the podcast and if you do have a listener question put them there because I will get them and tell us and I will answer them in a future episode so get your questions ready maybe spring yellow questions ready for the springtime coming up or any other species that we're going to start targeting as it starts to warm up um, it's been a really good winter it's been tough for many but also been good for others i've been very very lucky i think i counted 
that my boat has landed 19 cod for the winter, which is probably one of the best ones for quite a long time with four meter cod hitting the deck. Um, it's been a really good winter. I managed to land one of them, but with 19 fish for winter in the boat, that is a cracker trip. But then again, with two of those trips, we got seven fish each and there's 14 fish off the bat there. So we've had a really good winter. Um, and yeah, it's been really enjoyable. So hopefully we've shared plenty of tips with you guys. There's still a bit of time left for winter. We're only two months in. We've got one month to go. So we've still got a good amount of time to go. So guys, get out there, give it a crack. And if you want to learn more, as always, jump on and check out the SF membership. Uh, it's the biggest freshwater fishing platform. We have so much content in there and so much knowledge and we're there to help you guys thank you guys for downloading and listening to this episode of the podcast this was episode 40 with myself and talus my name is reese creed and thank you for listening to the social fishing podcast get out there guys catch some fish and i'll be talking to you very soon